Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Open your Bibles, if you would, again to Mark chapter 7. And I have not forgotten, I forgot last week, I'm not forgetting this week. We're going to sing happy birthday at the end of the service to those birthdays and happy anniversary to any anniversaries for January. I did not do that last week and realized we're going to do it this week. But uh, we'll do that at the very end of the service. I also did not have time to get the outline on the screen, but that's okay. I'm going to share this message with you. I struggled with this message a great deal, and I struggled with it because oftentimes when I preach, when I share from the Word of God, Uh, bring a message of God wants us to do, God wants us to say, God wants us to be. And certainly that's part of this. Uh, But I like to to bring encouraging messages, messages of hope, messages of uh, of just, you know, cheerful messages. And in preaching through the Bible or preaching through books, you come to passages that are not always cheerful, not always the most encouraging because there comes criticism, there comes judgment, uh, there comes wrath in different places. And this place is like that, is people were being critical of Jesus, and Jesus in turn tells the truth about them. And so I want you to hear a message, a heart far from God, a heart far from God. At its root, this is a passage of Scripture about a people that missed the point of who Jesus was and is um, and what He was teaching, despite all their knowledge, despite all their religion, despite even their good intentions, this group of Pharisees and scribes missed it. And they did throughout Jesus' ministry. And there are people today that despite their knowledge, despite their religion, uh, despite good intentions, we miss who Jesus is. And and, And there are people, and I hope not ours, although there's times that ours can be, if we're not careful, that we find that our hearts are far from God. And so there are lost people in this passage that miss the point. Their hearts are far from God. They need to hear the truth of who Jesus is. They needed to hear who the truth of Jesus was. There are people today in the same boat, and there are people in this church or in churches that it serves a warning. Don't allow your heart to stray far from God or to be far from God. And if we're not careful, we can allow that to take place. 
And I pray that's not the case for us today. So how do we avoid a heart that is far from God? I want you again, I'm going to read this passage. I'm going to explain what was happening. And then I'm going to dive into a few points and be as brief as I can so that we can hear God's message for us today. Uh, what was taking place was this. Jesus had just performed, remember I said at least seven miracles, uh, if you from the feeding of the 5,000 uh, through the calming of the storm on the sea. In fact, he fed the 5,000. He multiplied the food. He had enough for the disciples. He sent the disciples away so they would not get caught up in a revolution. He was sent them into the storm, but he was watching and praying. He went to them walking on the very thing they were afraid of, the storm, the waves, the sea. He called G Peter out to walk in the water and gave him the ability to walk on water. And then he rescued Peter from the storm when he began to sink. And then he gets in the boat and whether the call, the, in Mark it says the, the winds and the, and the waves cease, the storm stopped. But if you read it in John, it doesn't say anything about the winds and the waves stopping. It just says they were exactly where they, immediately they were exactly where they intended to be on the other side. And so there's a whole series of miracles that I shared with you last week. And again, I want to communicate it to you this way. I pray that as we look around and as we watch God at work in our lives, we see not just the big miracle of the calming of the sea, but we see all the different things that God is doing in our lives. But after these things, and after all the healings, and after all the things that He'd been teaching, and after the turning the water into wine, and after all these things, the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes had been following Him. They had been seeing all these things. They had been hearing all these things. And so they come, and again, this is after, right after the feeding of the 5,000, they come and they begin to criticize. They come to him, they say, why don't your disciples wash their hands as according to the manner or the tradition of the elders or of the, the man's law? They don't wash their hands. In fact, let's just go ahead and read the passage. Then verse 1, came together unto him the Pharisees and, the, and the certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of the disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, oft eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. That's a key phrase now. And when they came from the market, except they washed, they eat not. And many others there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he answered and said unto them, Well hath Esaias prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, and the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things, Ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. 
For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, it's a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited of me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father and for, for his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Let's pray again. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand your word, that you would guide us in your word, but God, that you would guide our hearts to be close to you and not far from you. Father, let it not be said of us that our hearts are far from you. Father, I pray that you'd help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see, number one, I want you to see the first, almost, almost it really is an introduction, but I want you to see that in verse 1, that he came together unto, the, uh, unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. Understand this, as you minister to others, the importance of sharing the Word of God and sharing the life of Christ and demonstrating the life of Christ to other people, the Word of God and the work of God will draw people's attention. It will. That's why the Pharisees and the scribes were coming to him. I want you to notice just the fact that the heart was drawn. The work of God draws all kinds of people. These were the religious leaders. These were people that were important and significant and had authority and had power and all kinds of things. And even they came, and they came from a great distance. Jerusalem was a ways, ways off. It wasn't like they just walked down the street. It was people that had come a great journey just to see and to, to watch. And we'll find out later to criticize and to accuse Jesus and his disciples. But the point is this. Throughout the Word of God, we see that the work and the Word of God draws people Please don't make the mistake of believing that God's work and word don't do the exact same thing today. And you say, well, I, I, don't, I don't see a whole lot of people here. We're not a great big church. The work and word of God have drawn you. The work and word of God are drawing others in other places. And whether or not we always see it or know about it, the work and word of God are working in lives today. But I want you to see that in the having a heart that is far from God, or how do we keep from having a heart that is far, to God, from, far from God, we need to look and we need to see that the heart that is far from God begins by looking for the wrong things. Looking for and looking at the wrong things. That These Pharisees, these religious leaders, these givers of the law, or the protectors of the Mosaic law, and the scribes were looking at the wrong things. They were coming to look for the wrong things. Here's the point of what the Pharisees were doing. Now, let me just, well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but let me just say this. We may look at this and may say, well, it's kind of silly that they were, number one, why weren't the disciples washing their hands? And why weren't they washing pots? Because it says they were watching, and the disciples 
they, they said, your disciples are eating without, with unwashed hands. And then they're cooking with unwashed pots. He said, that sounds, that bothers me. That's a little, why wouldn't they wash? The washing of the pots and the washing of the hands had nothing to do with cleanliness. Nothing. It had nothing to do with, with, with being uh, clean from germs. It wasn't that the disciples weren't washing their hands. They were out just working, digging in the dirt and cleaning fish, and then just going straight to eating. That's not what they were doing. It was a ceremonial cleansing that they weren't doing. They weren't following where they cleansed their hands ceremonially, ceremoniously, was what this is talking about. The teachings of the rabbis, the teachings of the Pharisees, the, the, the law, the traditions that we're talking about here was talking about how you had to wash your hands in a certain way. You had to wash the pots and the cooking utensils in a certain way. And it wasn't about being sterile or clean or sanitary. It was about tradition. And so that's, it's important that we understand that. Otherwise, you may read this and you may miss what is being said. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But what the Pharisees and the scribes were doing is they were coming looking for, okay, here's this Jesus. Here's this person who claims to be something we're not quite sure what, but he is obviously got a following. He's obviously having an impact. And they were basically looking to see, okay, how does this help us? How does this promote us? How does he do anything for me. And we today will have a heart that is far from God if we look at things the same way. The Pharisees were coming and they were watching and they were looking for the wrong things. And sometimes we come to God and we are looking for the wrong things or we're looking to see is what's going on over here at this church? What's going on with that preacher? Or is this person here giving their testimony? Is it helping me? Is it blessing me? Is it affirming me? The, the Pharisees were looking to be affirmed. They were looking to be promoted. They were looking to be supported. They were looking to be agreed with. They were looking to, sometimes we look for things that will make us feel good. We go to church and I'm looking for something to make me feel good. And if I don't feel good when I leave church, well then I didn't enjoy myself. And sometimes we look for God, and we may come and see God doing great things, but we're asking questions like, well, how does it benefit me? How do they, or, or even we'll get really holy, and we'll say, well, how does it benefit us? Right? I mean, how does this help us at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church? How does this help me and my family? How is what the preacher's preaching, or how is what this ministry that we're doing, or how is this program over here going to make us feel good, look good, empower us, please us, help our agenda? How? That's what the Pharisees were doing. That's what the scribes were doing. They were trying to, not just looking for the wrong things, but they were, number two, they were holding on to the wrong things. That's what Jesus tells them, is you are holding on to the wrong things. You're looking for the wrong things, Pharisee, and you're holding on to the wrong things, Pharisee, and so therefore you're a hypocrite, Pharisee. And sometimes even as Christians, as churchgoers, we look for the wrong things and we hold on to the wrong things. 
The emphasis in looking for the wrong things becomes me. What Jesus taught had nothing to do with their agenda. What Jesus was doing had nothing to do with helping them. In fact, what Jesus was doing was contradicting what they were teaching and doing. For example, Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath day. Now, we look at that and we say, well, I don't, you know, why do they get so worked up about someone healing? Uh, I mean, isn't it a good thing to heal somebody anytime they're restoring somebody's sight or restoring somebody's lame arm? I mean, it, somebody that, that can't walk. Isn't that a wonderful thing to, thing to do no matter what day it is? But understand that if you're holding on to the wrong things, holding on to that Sabbath day is more important than what God may have in store. And so therefore we need to understand that they were, sometimes we look for the wrong things and these Pharisees were looking for the wrong things and we begin to hold on to the wrong things. You know, if you look for the wrong things long enough, you will find the wrong things and then you will cling to the wrong things. And that's what the, these, these Pharisees were doing is they ended up holding on to men's tradition. Men's tradition. I mentioned it already, but the ceremonial cleansing had nothing to do with the cleansing of, or cleanliness or sanitation, nor, now pay attention to this, because here's what I'm going to get to in just a minute. We need to examine our traditions, just as the Pharisees needed to examine their traditions and say, are we holding on to the wrong things? Now, the reason I said this is a difficult message is because, boy, we start talking about traditions and talking about things that we've done for years and years and years, and I've done that all my life, then people get a little antsy about you talking about the things that I like to do or the things that I've practiced all my life. These Pharisees have been practicing this all their life. These traditions. And sometimes they didn't even understand that I'm holding on to the wrong things. But here's what was happening. None of the things that, that they were talking about, the cleansing of the hands, the cleansing of the pots, were given in God's law. In fact, I found it extremely interesting that as I'm reading this here, preparing for Sunday's message, I'm reading in my own personal devotions the chronological reading, and I'm going through the very thing that they're talking about. I'm going through the giving of the law. And God, as I shared Wednesday, God was very specific, not, not, just with the Ten, not just with the Ten Commandments, but God gave additional laws and instructions, and He was very specific in them. But nowhere, I went back and looked, nowhere did I see Him talking about washing your hands or ceremoni ceremoniously cleaning your hands or pots. It wasn't... God's law, it was man's traditions. Now, do we have traditions here at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church? We do, right? We have some traditions. We have some. If I can get my notes come back up, I'll be doing even better. There we go. We have some traditions. We have good traditions. In the church, you've grown up with some wonderful traditions. There are some things that we traditionally do. 
uh, growing up in church, and we don't do this here necessarily, and maybe you have in the past done it. I don't know, but I haven't done it since I've been here, and it wasn't a thing that I was told about when I came here. But when I grew up in church, we did the Lord's Supper every fifth Sunday. That doesn't mean every five Sundays, count five Sundays and do it. If a month had five Sundays, that's what we did. We did the Lord's Supper. Um, so, for example, January had five Sundays this year. The fifth Sunday we would have done the Lord's Supper. Growing up, it, it, now again, it was a fine tradition. In fact, remembering the Lord's Supper is a command. In other words, this do, as long as you do it, remember, as long, remember and do these things. Jesus said, do it. And the church traditionally has done it. He didn't say do it every fifth Sunday. Was it bad to do it every fifth Sunday? No. It wasn't bad to do it every fifth Sunday. But it was a man's tradition. And there were some in my church, let me just explain it this way, growing up, there were some that we practiced what was called closed communion. Closed communion meant if you weren't a Baptist or a, a member of Liberty Baptist Church, we didn't, you weren't supposed to take the Lord's Supper. And there's lots of churches that practice that. Closed. Um, Pleasant Hill, I would say, practices close communion. In other words, if you come here and you're a member of a church, you're a believer, you've, you've been then take the Lord's Supper. I mean, you don't have to be a, necessarily a member of Pleasant Hill Baptist. If you come visiting from another church, or you haven't yet moved your letter, or whatever it might be, then take the Lord's Supper. Um, but we also warn people, if you're not saved, I mean, don't take it unworthily. Now again, we don't smack anybody's hand either. If I look down and say, well, I'm not sure, Eddie, I'm not sure he's really saved. No, I'm just picking on Eddie here for a minute. And I don't go over and smack his hand and say, well, Eddie, I know that uh, I'm not, you know, are you, are you sure? It? I don't, we don't do that here. But if a church did, that would be a man's tradition, right? That's not, God doesn't say do that. We're supposed to examine our own hearts, make sure that we're taking it worthily. But there were people in the church that I grew up in that if somebody came in and wasn't a member and were to take the Lord's Supper, they would get the evil eye. In fact, they would even be told, you know, in, in fact, I remember an usher skipping my friend that came in with me because he knew he wasn't a member. Now, I'm not trying to be overly critical. I'm simply saying we've got to be careful that we're not putting man's tradition over God's tradition. we got to be careful. For example, there were some in my church that if they went to another church, and that church didn't practice every fifth Sunday. They were like, well, what are y'all doing? Why don't you do it every fifth Sunday? we got to be careful that we don't do that here. We, 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 we sometimes, now listen, traditions are good. There's traditions that are for a reason, but be sure that we're not placing the tradition over God's teaching and God's law. And that's exactly what they were doing with the Pharisees and the scribes. And if I ever figure out how I'm going to keep this thing open, I'll be all right. All right, now, here's the problem. They were holding on to the wrong thing. They were, things had been passed down, and Jesus even said, 
These things you're putting on people, making their lives harder, and you're not lifting a finger. Now, I didn't say it here. He just said, here he says, you're hypocrites. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Why was it such a big deal that Jesus got on their case about this? Because here's what they were doing. They were rejecting people. They were discriminating against people because of their own traditions. Now, we're to be a discerning people. We ought to be discerning. And we ought to look and see if God is doing something somewhere, or if a preacher comes in, or a teacher comes in, or God, we hear about a, something that seems miraculous to us, we ought to be discerning. But at the same time, you know what I'm guilty of sometimes? I'll hear about something happen, and I say, well, I don't know if that could happen up there. Well, God can do whatever God wants to do, can't He? Or we say, well, I don't know about that preacher over there. I don't know if God would do something that, that, that just seems to be probably manufactured or fabricated or, or somehow manipulated because I know that God can do whatever God wants to do. And so we need to be careful that we're not putting our traditions of, well, that church doesn't dress a certain way, or that church doesn't meet a certain time, or that church doesn't have a certain kind of style, or that church doesn't do... We need to be careful about taking our traditions, our preferences, and putting God in a box and say, well, God can't do it because He didn't do it the way I grew up doing it. Because that's what the Pharisees were doing. Jesus can't be the Son of God because He's not teaching the things that we've always been teaching. Now, here's the problem. If somebody comes in and they're teaching something that's not what you've always been taught, we need to say, well, let me check out this. Let me inspect this. Does what he's saying, just because I wasn't taught it, doesn't make it not right, but does it match up with the Word of God? If it doesn't, then we need to say so. This does not match up with the Word of God. It's not about my tradition or just my way or my preference. It is, is it biblical? Is it ethical? I mean, that's the question we ought to be asking. I mean, does it match up with the Word of God? And that's what they were doing. Let me tell you how bad it has gotten, and let me tell you how, for them, and let me tell you how it matches up with what goes on in some churches today. And I, I hope and pray that it never happens here at Pleasant Hill, but, or in our hearts, the Pharisees and the scribes actually had uh, the, the Talmud. If, now you say, well, I don't know what the Talmud is. Well, there was a Mishnah. The Mishnah, if you study Jewish teaching, the Mishnah is a collection of traditions that is found in the Talmud. Now, the Talmud is not the inspired Word of God, nor is the Mishnah, but it was a collection of teachings by the rabbis. And do you know what the Mishnah says? The Mishnah taught that found in the Jerusalem Talmud, it was taught that it is a greater offense to teach anything contrary to the voice of the rabbis than to contradict Scripture itself. In other words, it is a bigger sin. It is more wrong for you to contradict the preacher, the teacher, than it is for you to go against the Word of God. We need to be careful that we're not taking our traditions and saying, that's greater 
than what God's teaching is because that's what they were doing and that's how their hearts were becoming so far from God I'm running out of time so let me get to this right here instead of trusting in God's provision they were relying on man's tradition and they were saying hey listen you aren't following Jesus you disciples aren't following man's tradition so therefore you can't be of God it can't be of God was Jesus of God Absolutely he was. He was God. But that's what they were taking, saying. And so therefore, they became guilty of many things. And one of them, the Pharisees and the scribes and people that are like them ever since that time, and even before that time, of an unbelieving heart. They were looking for the wrong things, and they found the wrong things. They were critical. They were cynical. They were skeptical. And sometimes all these things are either come from a heart that's far from God or they will lead to a heart that is far from God. When you hear about someone saying, well, God was really working. I hear this all the time. God was really working. In fact, I'm going to give you something that I'm guilty of sometimes. I get really skeptical, cynical, critical when I hear about a pastor talking about all these people being saved, and my heart says, man, that's not happening here, and it doesn't help me at all, and it's discouraging to me, so it must not be true. Well, it may or may not be true. They may be distorting the facts, but what if it is true, and why should I automatically go to a place of, well, I don't believe that? When we hear about God doing something great just because it's not in you or just because it's not for you or just not because it's not here doesn't mean that it's not true. We need to be careful that our hearts don't drift from Him because God can do whatever God wants to do. And we need to be careful that we don't have an unbelieving heart, but also that we don't have an uncompassionate heart because that's what these Pharisees were doing. They were just basically, they were uncompassionate towards anybody that didn't follow exactly their, not, not, not listen, we ought, we ought to have compassion for everybody, but their problem was they were uncompassionate, not just towards those that were against God, but those that were against their traditions. You're not doing it our way. You're not doing it the way we teach you to do it, and so therefore you are less than. It's where we get the term legalism comes from, that somehow I earn favor, or I earn God's love, or I earn myself a special place. Not, I'm not going to say I earn my way to heaven because we know that's not true, but somehow I earn God's favor or I earn God's blessing by doing it these traditional ways. No, God loves us no matter what, but God blesses us if we obey His ways. But sometimes we get an uncompassionate heart that causes us to think less of others and look down upon others because that's what they were doing in not following, not following man's laws caused them to actually be people were forbidden from worship. People were forbidden from, from worshiping God, from coming into the temple or into the tabernacle back before there was a temple. And it was because, not because of God's law, but because of man's traditions. They were, for, again, I get asked this a lot, and I'm not saying people asking this are suggesting that we don't. 
I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And I know I'm on camera and everything else. I'll guess, what if we had a, a homosexual couple come into the church? Would we let them come into the church? Absolutely we let them come into the church. You say, you would No, listen, coming into the church and joining the church are two different things. But coming into the church, yes. They need to hear the gospel just like the arrogant person does, just like the disrespectful person does, just like the liar does, just like everybody else does. Pick your sin. We need to hear the truth of God. We, we all have sins. We can't pick some sins and say, well, you can't come in. You can't hear the truth. No. I've often said that... It, Someone, and I'm sure we have had come in, but if someone comes in, they're typically not, unless God changes their heart and saves them, they're not going to stay very long. And I'm not talking about just homosexuality. I'm talking about, again, and name your sin. Uh, I'm going to preach on sin, and therefore you're going to get your toes stepped on, and you're going to say, you know what, I'm not going to stick around for this. But we can't disclude or look down on because someone doesn't talk the way we do, look the way we do, practice the things we do as far as coming in and loving them. We're instructed to love everybody. But they were picking and choosing. I'm going to close with this because i got to be done. But Jesus said, you're taking your tradition and you're holding that above what God's law is. And you're picking and choosing what you're going to follow. Because he says in verse 8, you lay aside the commandment of God and hold the tradition of men of the washing of pots and cups and many other such th like things you do. Full well ye reject the commandment of God. So therefore, not only do we have an uncompassionate heart and an unbelieving heart, but now we have an accusing and a rejecting heart because they rejected the commandment of God. And they said, for Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth the father and mother, let him die the death. Go back, when you do your Bible reading, I told you that capital punishment or death in the Old Testament now was the punishment for certain things. And it wasn't just thou shalt not kill. It wasn't just, you know, if somebody murders somebody, their life should be taken also. That's in the Old Testament. That's the Old Testament law. But it also was things like, for example, if you were to curse your father or mother, if you were to disobey them in that way and curse them, then you were to be put to death. That's just one of them. I'll just go ahead and give you that. And so therefore, referencing that here, he said, listen, this is what Moses' law said, but you say, no, you can be disrespectful to your parents, and when they're old and they're in need of help, you can say, hey, whatever I've given you, I've given you. Whatever you get, you get, and good luck with you. And he was saying that was against God's law, but you're saying it's okay to do that as long as you follow the traditions of washing the pots and washing your hands. When you have a heart that is far from God or things that lead to a heart that's far from God, it comes from the unbelieving and the uncompassionate and the accusing and the rejecting. He said, well, preacher, what do we do? How do we keep our hearts from that? Number one, be sure that we're not looking for the wrong things. Don't go in critical and skeptical. Like right now, 
Some people may be watching, listening, whatever, and say, well, I'm not so sure if the preacher's right about that one. Pick the commands of God over the instructions of men. Are we putting our own tradition before God's command? Are we looking for the wrong things? Are we looking to be critical? Are we looking to find something wrong? person comes in this church, are we looking to find fault? That's what the Pharisees were doing. Or are we looking to love? When we're out ministering outside the walls of these church, are we looking to find fault in what people are doing? Or are we looking to where we can share love and share the truth? Are we rejecting Christ or others? by holding on to our own opinions, our own traditions, our own ideas. Oh, my friends, don't let your heart be far from God. Don't let it become far from God. That's what the, Don't be a Pharisee. That rhymes, I didn't mean for it to, but don't be a Pharisee. You say, well, what if I've... What if I'm doing that, what if I've done that? Then repent. Tell God, God, I was wrong. God, I'm sorry. And get our eyes on the right things. Get our eyes on what God's commands are. There's plenty of things that God tells us and instructs us and commands us to do. But and, and again, I'm not saying there's some traditions we have or some things that we teach that are not... We, sometimes you say, well, that's just y'all's religion. No, it's God's command. Oh, that's just y'all's church. No, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Well, that's just y'all's belief. No, that's what the Bible says. And so don't misunderstand me. But understand there's certain things that are good traditions. Just be sure we're not putting them over God's provisions. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us today. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be a welcoming church, a loving church, but more importantly, a heart that is close to you, church. Help us. I pray not to get so caught up in our traditions, not so caught up in our opinions, not so caught up in our preferences, not so caught up in how it affects me. But understand it's not about me, it's about you. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. This way.